Lord Jesus, this morning, we choose to be Mary. We choose just to sit at Your feet and to receive from You. Lord, we let everything else go, the planning, the preparing, and we just sit at Your feet. Lord, thank You that um, You give revelation. Thank You, Lord, that You entrust giftings to us, Lord, because You want to use us. Thank You, Lord, that our life has purpose. Every one of us here. Lord, thank You that You've created each one of us um, uniquely and You have specific purposes for us, but yet those specific purposes all connect. And thank You, Lord, that we don't have to carry the weight because You, Jesus, are the only King. Lord, we don't have to worry about being the King or the Queen. Lord, because You are the King. And we get to just be Your vessels. Thank You for that gift. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, Shane was talking about Job. And one of the things that we see in Job that um, is needed throughout our lives from the very beginning throughout eternity, is trusting God. And that's one of the things when you see in Job, there's all these things going on in his life, and he doesn't know why, but he's asked to trust God. Well, it's the same in your life. There are all these things that are going on, and sometimes God's going to give you revelation, and honestly, sometimes He's not. He's going to ask you to trust Him. And so in the very beginning, when you say, Lord, I want to walk with you, you're saying, Lord, I trust you, but it doesn't stop there. That is just the beginning. From that point on, we're asked to trust him as we walk. Now, there's this control thing in our nature that doesn't like that. We want to be in control. And so that's one of the reasons that many in the church have tried to replace Holy Spirit with Holy Bible. Because we feel that this is like some kind of contract from God that we can control and manipulate. You see what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit, well, that's a person. (laughs) And who knows what He's going to do? And so because of that, because of that thing in our nature, so much of the church, that's what they've tried to do. They've tried to push out Holy Spirit and tried to replace Holy Spirit with Holy Bible. Now, we need Bible. I've said that over and over. These are God's words. But in this, what we find is we find boundaries that God gives us that we are to operate within, and we see examples of those who walked with God. And as you read through this, what you will find is that through the thousands of years that you read, whether you're reading about Job, whether you're reading about Jesus, or whether you read about Paul, They're all unique in that they're asked to trust God, but all of their lives are different. You do not find a cookie-cutter pattern. They have general problems that are the same, but yet they're all unique. And so are you. There's never been another person like you living in the time that you're living. And God is asking you to trust Him as He's asked others, but guess what? The steps that you are being asked to take are unique. You need Holy Spirit. But once again, what we want to do is we want to take control. And so like when you have uh, the staff that Moses used, what did the people do with the staff? They tried to worship it. They tried to take 
uh, the vessel that God was using and tried to worship it. We don't want to do that. Now, we don't want to discard God's gifts. And the Word is a gift from God that we very much need. If we're going to understand the voice of God, if we're going to understand when it's God's voice speaking, and when it's the enemy trying to mislead us, we need the Scripture. And so, that's why we've been talking about this gift that, uh, uh, that God has given us, which is Holy Spirit, who is God. And this morning, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk specifically about some of the giftings that God gives us. Now, here's the thing. The enemy does not want us to have the gifts of God because they bless us. Now, here's the thing, but they also bless others. That's why God gives us things. Anything that God gives you, He gives it to you because He loves you, but there is nothing that you are to grab onto and to try and possess because it's all God's. And here's the beautiful thing. You don't have to possess it because you're a child of God, which means you inherit everything He has, and He has everything. And so you don't have to grab onto anything. So anything that God gives you, you can give it away. But, once again, the enemy knows that this is very dangerous. And so because of that, he wants to turn you away from the giftings of God. And so he's been very uh, unscrupulous in this. He's devised all kinds of ways. Uh, And one of the ways that he's done this is through getting people to worship the Word instead of Holy Spirit. And so because of that, the odd thing is, is that they're unable to interpret the Word. Because the only way that you can interpret this Word, which is all about people who were led by the Holy Spirit, is to actually be led by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, as you read this stuff, it's not going to make sense. It's going to seem weird, okay? And I want you to hear that. There are things that you read in here that will seem weird. Now, what I want you to hear, though, is is that as you begin to walk with God, what you're going to find is it's actually not so weird. It's actually very natural. But one of the things that the enemy does is he tries to twist these things. And he shows people that, that use gifts in a wrong way so that you turn and you go, I don't want any part of that. And so we're going to be talking about that this morning. And one of the gifts that we're going to talk about specifically is tongues. Did you hear that? Yeah. Some of you, your cheeks just tightened as I said that. And I'm not talking about these cheeks. You're like, ah. Here's what I want you to hear. I'm serious. I want you to hear this. This is not weird. Okay? And and, uh, the enemy has tried to make it weird. Okay? But it is not weird. It's not weird at all. And it is... It is, uh, it is a good gift from God that God wants to give a, a lot of you here, okay? That God wants to, and it is so crucial because He wants to use it to bless others. Amen. Now, what you're going to find in the scripture that we're going to look at is that you're going to find a group of people that was misusing the gift. They were using it in a total opposite way, and because of that, it was actually causing people to look at God and go, 
ah, I don't want any part of that, and turn away. And so Paul was talking to him and talking to him about here's what has to happen. So I want to go to the Word this morning. We're going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And right before this chapter is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is all about love. All about love. And Paul was talking about how any gift that God gives you, if it's not exercised in love, it just becomes useless. There's no point to it. And that was what was happening in this Corinthian church, is that they were actually using gifts to try and make themselves look good. Like one of the gifts that we do that a lot with is money. Okay? God gives you money because it provides for you and He loves you. But you know what? God gives you money so that you can bless others. But you know what the enemy tempts us to do? He tempts us to use that money to try and lift ourselves up. I'll go out and buy a vehicle I don't really need to try and impress you so that you'll look at me and go, wow, that's impressive. But the weird thing is, you never do that. And so because of that, I try and go do something else. You know, I, I mean, I'll, I'll go out and buy, um, you know, a really nice cowboy hat that just says, that guy has made it. And you guys don't even care because you don't even like cowboy hats. And you don't even know what it is. We were in Nashville this week, Nikki and I getting some time away. And, I mean, people think that there are cowboys in Nashville. Let me just be clear. There are no cowboys in Nashville. I tried going around to these stores that are, quote, cowboy stores, and they've got these weird hats that are not cowboy hats. I'm sorry, Trevor. It looks like something Trevor would wear here. He's right here. Sorry. But you see what I'm saying, though. God gives us things, and this is what we do with these things. We try to impress other people. I, I mean, you know, you can do it with all kinds of gifts. You know, we're not going to talk specifically about prophecy today, but, you know, God could give you the gift of prophecy, which is meant to encourage other people, all right? But we can use it to try and stand up and start going into old King James language and trying to impress everybody that, oh, God's speaking through me. You see what I'm saying? Or if God's given you the gift of leadership, for instance, instead of using that leadership to serve others, which is what Jesus did, which is the reason He would give such a gift, we tried to use it to boss people around and get them to serve us. You see what I'm saying? This is what happens over and over. And so we see that and we say, well, I don't want to be that. Really? You don't want to have money? Because if you do, you could really bless some people with it. Well, I don't want to be a leader, you know. Everybody I see lead just uses it for themselves. Really? Because if you were in a leadership position, you could actually serve and you could actually help some people. You you see what I'm saying? Well, I don't want the gift of prophecy because I don't want to be one of those people that stands up and tries to impress everybody. Really? Because you could actually speak to people just one-on-one and encourage them and actually maybe save them from some really bad decisions in their life. Do you see what I'm saying? Well, this is another gift, okay? This is another gift that people have used in a wrong way, but is a gift that can be used in a very powerful way. And we're going to talk about what that looks like this morning. So, first of all, verse 1. 
He just kind of sums up uh, chapter 13 here, and then he leads in with where he's wanting to go with the Corinthians. He says, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. So first of all, you should desire the special gifts. Why? Because you want to lift yourself up? No. Because you need them to serve others. You are not good enough, you are not smart enough to serve others without the giftings of God and the Holy Spirit. You're not. You need Him. And so He says, desire these giftings. Not so that you can possess... Use it for yourself, but so that you can serve others. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. Well, then why in the world would we ever want this? How in the world could it ever serve anybody else? Well, we're going to get into that. I'm glad you asked. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit but it will all be mysterious. Okay, I want to say that again. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. What did I say at the very beginning about what life is about? Life is about trusting God even when you don't understand what is going on. That's what all of life is about. Well, guess what? Speaking in tongues means you're speaking through the power of the Spirit, but you don't understand what's going on. Huh, that's interesting. I wonder what that could set us up for. Let me tell you something. If you want to be good at something, let's take sports for instance. Any sport. If you want to be good at a sport, how do you set yourself above others? Well, here's the way you don't do it. The way you don't do it is just to go out and play game after game after game after game. Will you get better? To a certain degree. But how do you get really good? The way that you get really good is to do drills. Every coach knows this, okay? You do drills. But do those who are participating like the drills? No, they hate the drills. They're like, why are we doing this? This is, this, this is not playing the game. I just want to play the game. But here's what the coach knows. The coach knows that when you get into the game, you need certain muscle memories that just happen like that because you do not have time to think about what do I need to do right now and what's the best way to make this happen. It has to happen like that. And the only way that that happens is through drills. Martial arts, okay? That's what I teach. Over and over, we do these drills. And they're like, ah, oh, why are we doing this? And I tell them, because of muscle memory. When you get into an altercation and somebody comes at you, you're not going to go, okay, he's in the left side fighting stance. He's got his left arm down this up. Right now, I think the best plan of that, you, you're, you can't, no thoughts. What has to happen is, boom, instinct. Muscle memory. So here's the key. What did we just hear about speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues is the Spirit speaking with you not understanding. What's that going to set you up for in life? That's going to set you up for everything. Because this is what God asks of you in life. 
that as you go about life, you would simply respond to what the Spirit tells you to do. Because when it comes to life, you don't have time to sit around and think, gee, Bill just came up to me and said something about fishing. I wonder how God would have me react to this right now. Life happens like that, and we've got to be willing to just react to the Spirit. So, why on earth would tongues be a gift that would bless you? Because it's like a spiritual drill. A spiritual drill that sets you up to react to the Spirit as you go about the day. Now, maybe you don't want to be good at walking in the Spirit. Maybe you just want to be an average person. Maybe you just want to kind of flail along and just not fail. Well, if that's you, don't worry about this. Okay? Just keep going as you are. But if you're a person who you really want God to use, then guess what? This can set you up to be a person who is used powerfully in the Spirit. It's your choice. Alright, verse 3. But one who prophesies strengthens others. And by the way, we're going to get into prophecy, not today. That's not our focus, okay? Encourages them and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. Now, I want you to hear that it says a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Because one of the things that the enemy throws at us is to say, well, why do you even want that gift? Because uh, it serves no purpose to others. Well, the reason is, is because it strengthens us personally. Do you need strengthen personally? I do. Man, do I need strengthen personally. Because when I walk around defeated and feeling crushed, am I able to be used of the Lord? No, not usually. I'm usually worried about myself walking around in a pity party. But when I'm built up in the Spirit and I'm walking in strength, then guess what? I'm usually able to be used by God to bless others because I'm walking around in a strength-filled place. And so if you want to be that person, this is one of the gifts that God can bless you with so that you walk around as a person who has that strength. Verse 5 says, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish that you could prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Now again, I want to focus just on the tongues for right now. I want you to hear what he says. I wish that you all spoke in tongues. Why is Paul saying this? Because Paul knows from personal experience what it has done in his life. So he's saying, I want you all to experience this. Now again, Paul is not lifting this gift up to say that it is the ultimate whatever. No, he makes it clear over and over that it's actually prophecy. Prophecy is actually what benefits the church as a whole. But in the midst of that, over and over, what he's saying is, this is going to benefit you 
personally so that you are strengthened. And then guess what? As I already said, when you're practicing reacting to the Spirit, what happens is is that then as you go about your daily life, you are going to respond to the Spirit more easily. You see what I'm saying? Now I want to jump down to uh, um, another verse at the very end of this chapter. I want to jump down where it says, um, verse 39. He says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues. Don't forbid speaking in tongues. Verse 40, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Now I want to bring that out because some of you have this fear. Okay, because you've seen chaos and you're like, I don't want to be a chaotic person. Now, another thing that this chapter says is that when it talks about prophecy, it says that the spirit of a prophet is in control. And it talks about how that even though we sense God moving in us, we are still to to bring it out in an orderly way. Now the reason I bring that up is because some of you have this fear that that Holy Spirit is like a demon and He's just going to slam you down and you're going to do weird stuff that you don't like and other people don't like. That's seriously what many of us think. So I want to reiterate something that we talked about before. Holy Spirit is a gentleman. Okay, He is not a demon. He's not going to come in, slam you down and just make you go crazy. That's not God. That's not who God is. Now, there are many people who've said, oh, I'm acting under the power of God, and and they've basically acted like that, okay? But what I'm saying to you is that is not God. Now, the other part I want to bring out there that says, it specifically says, do not forbid to speak in tongues. Why? Why did he say that? Because he knew there would be those who do that very thing. And going back to what I was saying earlier about those who claim to follow Scripture, but they push Holy Spirit aside, they can't understand Scripture. And so you have something so blatant, so plain, that a second grader could understand it. Do not forbid to speak in tongues. Yet, the majority of the evangelical church forbids to speak in tongues. And we all believe it. Why? Because some dude who has glasses that hang down to here, and he's got several initials behind his name, he's got some gray, which isn't bad, that does, you know, sort of mean some wisdom, anyways, said that this no longer exists, and so this doesn't apply to us. And we go, oh, okay, well, you're smarter than me, so I'll believe that. No. God wrote this, So that fishermen could understand it. Sorry, fishermen. He wrote it (laughs) so that us here in southern Illinois, whatever jobs we're doing, we could understand this. Okay? It's very plain. Do not forbid to speak in tongues. Now, here's the thing. There's not a lot that you can do about these evangelical denominations and churches that, that don't. But there is something that you can do about you. And here's the thing. Many of you, many of you are forbidding to speak in tongues. 
What? No, I'm not. Yes, you are. And here's why. Because you have this idea that, oh, okay, I'll speak in tongues if God slams me down and, you know, just makes it come out of me and I can't control it. Well, as I already said, that's not how God operates. How does God operate? Well, let me give you an example of preaching, for instance. And then I'll give some other examples that you can relate to, too. I've found that in preaching, there are times, and those of you who've done communion meditations, whatever, there are times where you sense the Spirit saying, Go here. But the thing is, is that He doesn't come in and like make the words come out of your mouth. He doesn't go in there and take over and you're like, ah, and you just got to speak whatever he says you know, to speak. What he does is he says, child, go here. Uh, I don't know. I didn't prepare for that and I really don't know where that's going. I've written out this nice message, this nice communion meditation, and I really like the joke that I included in it. And it's nice and safe. I'm going to stick with this. Now, what did you do in that moment? You said no to God. God wanted to do something. You said no. Now, some of you who operate in prophecy, you've experienced this. God's moved on your heart, okay? Maybe it was in church. Maybe it was at work, whatever. And God was moving on your heart to go up to someone to say something or to give them, a, you know, give them something, do some kind of gesture, Just hug them. Whatever it is, God was moving on you, but you're like, ah, I don't know how they're going to react to this. I don't know that I really feel comfortable with this. And so you say no. So here's what I'm saying. This is what many of us are doing with tongues. Because this is how God's going to move in you. He's going to move in you the same way He moves with everything else. He's going to give you that nudge, okay? I mean, think about when you first came to the Lord. For some of you, it was in a service, okay, or maybe it was somewhere else, and the Lord started to nudge you, hey, come to me, come to me. And you're like, yeah, I know, I don't really want to, it's scary. I, you know, I know this life, uh, I don't want to, you know, get up in front of others, um, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up if I come to you, I, I don't want to do this. But what does the Lord do? He says, hey, come to me. Does he grab you and like kick you down the aisle? I mean, if you were in a church and that happened, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. That's not how God works. Because go back to Job, for instance, and think about how God was working. God was telling Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Um, because he was saying, I want my servants to love me so much that even when things don't go their way, and they don't get what they want, they still love me. And so that's why God invites you into things. Child, trust me. Come here. Trust me. Go this way. And how many of you know that even if you say yes to this and this, there are other things that you can say no to? But here's the good thing. You can say no to certain things for years, and eventually you're like, you know what? God's been so good to me here, here, and here. I'm going to trust Him with this. I'm just going to step in. And if you've done that, what you've experienced is, once again, God was really good, and He wasn't weird like the enemy told you He was. This is another example of that. 
God wants to bless you in this way so that you can bless others. I want to look at a few more verses uh, inside here. Um, Verse 32. No, I'm sorry. Verse 14 and 15. It says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the Spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. So I just want to get real practical for a minute here, okay? What are we talking about when we're talking about tongues? Well, first of all, um, it's primary, unless it's interpreted, okay? Unless somebody is there that can interpret it or you can interpret it, it's just meant for you and God. That's what it's for. It's not meant for other people, okay? So... Let's get real practical here. What's what's this look like? You know, what what's 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 it you know look like in your life and so on? Well, here's basically what it looks like. Okay, so let's say it's just you and God, and there's no one around, and you're you're in some time of worship, and you say, God, if you would like to work in me in this way, I just want to say that I'm open and I want to receive, Lord. So when you do that, what would happen? Well, what would happen is that God would begin to put in your spirit things that you don't understand. Okay, again, it's just like prophecy or it's like right here when I'm preaching. Sometimes God will lead me places that I didn't prepare. It just comes out and it's like, "Ah, ah, do I go there? Because I don't know where this is going. Or prophecy again, when you're just around and God lays something on your spirit, you know, and He's like... "Um, you know, go tell this person this or whatever. And you're like, I, I, I don't know. Well, that's what this looks like. It's just God putting something in your heart that you don't understand. And what he's saying is, will you free yourself up and just respond to me? And what does that do? It sets your spirit up. Because what's happening is, you're just turning over control and you're surrendering and God begins to move in you. And i got to tell you, there is no greater freedom than surrendering yourself to God's Spirit and just having Him move through you. Many of you have experienced this. Whether it's giving something to someone or, or you know, again, giving a word, hug, whatever it is. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, this is not me. This did not just come out of my mind. This did not come out of my flesh. God's just moving in me. It it is such a beautiful way to live. Because suddenly what we get to do is, we get to go back to just being a child again. Remember the days, if you had these days, if you had loving parents that loved you and guarded you, and you were able just to live out of your heart? Well, what I want to say to you is, you're still able to live like that. You can live out of your heart because when you surrender to God, He's that loving Father that's going to go before you. Now, the thing about being the kid, though, was is you had to submit, right? You had to, you had to submit to your parents, and when they said do things that you didn't understand and you didn't agree with, 
If you loved them, you did it. And so that's what we're called to do. We're called to just submit, and even when we don't understand, we just respond. And here's the exchange. When you do that, you get to live out of your heart. You get to live with a freedom that is unbelievable. And this is one of the ways that God wants to train your heart. Train your heart. Train your spirit. This is the training. So that when you go out, God can use you powerfully. And it's not meant really for anybody else to, to, to witness or anything like that. It's just meant for you and Him. It's your spirit responding. So do you trust Him? Well, you have to make that choice. But what I want to tell you is just simply what God's Word says. Don't trust me. God's Word, okay? God's Word says. Paul says, I wish that all of you. Why? Because it's going to bless you. It's going to build you up. It's going to strengthen you. And it's going to train your heart. It's there. If you would stand, please. We're going to have a time of ministry. I just invite you to engage the Lord. Father, thank You that um, we don't have to carry the load of figuring everything out, even our own lives. We're just called to, to get up and just respond to You. You're the one that's in control of everything. And thank You, Lord, that we can also trust You that the things that You ask of us are good. And they have purpose and they have meaning. And so, Lord, I just pray that the clouds would part, that the fog that the enemy has brought over this gift specifically would just be cast away. And I pray that the hearts here who are longing for more of God, who want to be used more powerfully, that they would say yes and they would open themselves up. And we trust You, Lord, that You're a good God. You're not going to give a snake or a scorpion to a child who asks for something good. You're going to give Holy Spirit. Thank You, Lord. In Jesus' name. I'm